0: This is I Ask, the Answer on the
1: Equine Forum on
0: HRRN.
1: Up to the mark is launching a four-wide sweeping move. Wolfie's Dynagos, Ocean Atlantic, and Hong Kong Harry. They're off the turn. Santine comes away with the lead. It's Santine in front, but up to the mark is rallying down the crown of the course and up to the mark. Slingshots to the front. Up to the mark in front by two. Hong Kong Harry runs up into second. Late on the scene is Spooky Channel. They're coming down to the finish. Up to the mark scores by four in the turf classic hong kong harry was second it's tight for third there's spooky channel or ocean atlantic
0: that's travis stone with the call of up to the mark beginning his stretch of three consecutive grade one turf victories with that win in the turf mile at churchill downs last may but as impressive as his 2023 campaign was is he a lock or not for the champion turf mail title we're going to talk about that and other topics plus Which young riders should you be keeping an eye on in 2024? And is it right or wrong to include foreign-based horses in Eclipse Award categories? Those topics and much, much more are straight ahead on this week's edition of I Ask, They Answer with trainer Dale Romans and turf rider Tim Wilkin. And it's all presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program and the College of Business. And it all starts just 30 seconds from right now learn the business of horses in the world's only accredited equine business program the university of louisville equine business program the university of louisville has a legacy of excellence educating and developing industry leaders for over 35 years classes are taught by industry experts in state-of-the-art facilities located in the heartland of america's equine industry the university of louisville equine business program when it comes to horses we mean business for more information visit business.louisville.edu slash equine well, the Eclipse Award votes have been cast by the voters for this year's different categories. There are several categories, as we know, in which folks will receive an Eclipse Award for their accomplishments in 2023. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about various categories for you here on this program this morning. And Dale, Tim, let's start with this one. Um, we will spend time talking about the top veteran writers of 2023 in the next segment. But I want to start by looking toward the future. You have apprentice jockeys Alex Concepcion, Sofia Vives, and Jaime Torres. You also have Luis Rivera, who all burst onto the scene last year and are going to be among those considered for the Eclipse Award in that particular category. Um, You have established riders, such as Arad Ortiz Jr., Javier Castellano, Flavian Pratt, and others who have continually set the bar pretty high. But I'll ask you this question which young riders should we be keeping an eye on as we move into 2024? Timmy, you want it first?
1: Well, you get uh, a whole new batch of riders every year, you know, the, the apprentice riders, but there's riders that have been around that, you know, haven't, you know, reached that level of the Irads uh, and the, the Johnny V's, the Tyler Gafleons, the Flavian Prats, just to name a few, but you know, some of the guys that uh, are on the outside looking in and maybe ready to knock open, knock the door open a little bit. A couple of them I'm looking at Christian Torres is 26. He was 12th in earnings last year. He's already got three, um, horses that, uh, that have won races on the Derby trail. Um, so far. I mean, he just won the smarty Jones with catching freedom for Brad Cox. And, um, you know, he's been uh, a pretty consistent rider. I mean, it, uh, at Oaklawn Park, and, you know, he won the Lucas Classic uh, last year with Clapton at Churchill. I mean, I put him on that list. And another one, um, he's 27, but Gerardo Corrales, he got his first grade one last year when he won the Breeders' Cup turf sprint with no balls, and, um you know, he's won five meat titles in his career. Not well-known outside of his local area, but I think he's another ry- rider that could, you know, emerge and and start to get bigger mounts. And, you know, winning the, his first grade one certainly does help that. So those are two I'll give you.
2: Yeah, good good choices. Both good riders on the up and up. And as far as the bug riders go, really the only one i pay my much attention to is Concepcion. And, uh, I like the kid, and he's showing a lot of talent. And Brad Cox's son, as his agent, uh, took over in November. He's done a great job with him at Turfway, and he's ridden well. But I'm also a big fan. As everybody knows, Martin Schwann. He started off really well at right. Oakland Park, and uh, is doing good. He just he got here middle of the year last year, and got us, you know just getting going. But I think he's a top rider. He's a top rider in South America for years. He's young. He's 26 or 27, and and I think he's got a shot to be really good. But your two choices are good guys, too, the race around my neck of the woods. And I've been impressed with both those riders a lot.
1: It's just, uh, you know, getting the horses, right?
2: Yeah, now it's just a matter of people realizing how good you are and starting to get in the horses and having to break through. I remember a long time ago, I, I had a horse in the Breeders' Cup Classic. It was a long shot. And I had to convince off Zayat to let me ride a jock, and that was Red Ortiz. And
1: uh, I I just want to ask you something, Dale. When you have uh, a young guy that comes into your shed row who you might not know, what's going to be the determining factor if you give him a shot or not?
2: A lot of them do with their agent, for one. If they got an agent uh, that that I know and respect and has uh, only ride good riders, then then you got to you know, he's done the homework and he's watched them at a different circuit or somewhere and paid attention and thinks they have talent, so. That'll make you take a look at them and go back and try. And then I usually let them work a few horses, see how they work, with the, how they talk about racing and, and go from there. But, you know, like Alex, Alex uh, or Axel, he came into Kentucky and he was on a sus- long suspension. He worked a few horses. You could tell right off the bat that uh, he sat well on a horse. And Bryson is, and, and my son Jake are close friends, and I really like Bryson. And, So I was listening to what he had to say, and he won a race for me at Turfway in December, and he took off and is winning races everywhere now. So I right and left at Turfway, so I think he's one of them that could be a a good rider. But a lot of of it has to do with the agents. They'll watch around the country. When they see a jock in a a B circuit that's ready to go to the A circuit, they'll try to snap him up.
0: Dale, what did you see in Martin Schwann that made you give him a shot?
2: Well... He, he came with some high recommendations, first of all. I mean, he tried. He came over here a couple of times, got homesick, went back. and uh, But when Ramon Dominguez and Edgar Prado call you and tell you this kid in South America especially, you need to give him a chance, and, and my son was going to be his agent, you listen to those guys. Now,
0: there, there are several good young riders coming up. But, again, Irad Ortiz, Javier Castellano, Flavian and Pratt, all the top riders, Tyler Gaffleone, they have all set that bar pretty high. That's where they're all going to try and get to in 2024. It should be fun to see how it all unfolds. All right, topic two, we're going to have a little fun. This is a, a new game I'm going to introduce for this particular segment. It's called Lock or Not. I will throw out some Eclipse Award candidates, and you guys will tell me if they are a lock to win the Eclipse Award or not, and let me know why. And you have horses such as idiomatic and elite power, and just FYI, fierceness. They've all made strong cases for championship honors in their respective divisions, and they're all probably going to be a lock. So let's talk about a few that look to be a little bit more wide open. You have jockey Irado or yeah, I can say that jockey Irad Ortiz Jr., who wrapped up 2023 by breaking his own single-season earnings record, which he set the year before. He also topped all jockeys in number of wins. But you also had Hall of Famer Javier Castellano win two thirds of the Triple Crown, the Midsummer Derby, and a slew of other great stakes this year. So I'll ask you, Dale, is Irod Ortiz Jr. a lock or not?
2: I'll have to go lock. I think I read, uh, you know, it's hard to top that that much in earnings and the year he had. I know Javier had a great year. I'd like to see him win it, but I think Irad's a lot.
1: I guess I have to say he's a lock, too. Um, I mean, I read, you know, some people going you know, to say, well, he rides for Todd, he rides for Chad Brown, he rides for all the big outfits. But, yeah, he still got to go out and do it, and he did it. Um, he, You know, according to the Equibase stats, he he broke his own record by like $2 million, and he won 42 graded stakes, um, 15 of them grade ones. You know, that that's a pretty tough uh, uh Resume to beat. I mean, Javier with a sentimental pick because he had a great year. You know, with the, the, the you know, the there the Belmont, the Travers, seventeen Grade Ones. Um, but I, I just don't know how you can deny I read Ortiz the his fifth Eclipse because you know he's uh, he's at a different level. He's uh, he he's the poster boy right now. I mean, love him or hate him. He he gets the results, and um, you've got to give him the eclipse. Well, a few weeks ago, we talked about the leading trainer
0: and who would be your MVP on the training side of things if we indeed had one in thoroughbred racing, which essentially is our eclipse award. And you both made a strong case for Bill Mott, considering what he did with lesser numbers than, say, Brad Cox and Todd Pletcher and, and Chad Brown and Steve Asmussen, and, and the year Bill Mott had very well could earn him an eclipse award, uh, could we look at this as being the same situation? Javier Castellano not having as many opportunities as Arad Ortiz Jr., but he made the most of what he had, and boy, did he ever. Uh, could we look at this in the same light? And I'll I'll throw it out there that I voted for Javier over Erad. I don't think that Erad is a lock because of the year that Javier had, if you're going to use the same logic as we did with Bill Mott. Yeah, but,
1: I'm, you know, if you look at the uh... – you know, the you know, if you take the same Breeders' Cup, like Bill Mott had an outstanding Breeders' Cup. So, so did Irad. He won three races that for for the Breeders' Cup program. Um, I I don't see how you can't give it to him again. I just can't see it. But the Eclipse Award is not given
0: something. out, Timmy, just for the Breeders' Cup. It's it's a full Absolutely year. not body not. of work.
1: But his whole body of work, what he did all year. I mean, again, I'd be shocked if he didn't win it.
2: It's fun to sit here and listen to you two to you two argue. It wouldn't be a shock to me if he won it because, you you know, how heavily weighted the Derby and the Triple Crown Trail is and he won those two races. And, uh, yeah, I, I could see him winning it, but I don't think he will. I think our Raz was just too powerful, overpowering of all of them. And it's a little different, I think. You, you do have to get the horses to ride, but you have a lot of opportunity to get them, especially when you're on a row like Javier was. It's, not, it's different than having a set barn full of horses and you got to make the most out of them.
0: All right, let's talk about another category. You had Goodnight Olive, who capped off her 2023 campaign by successfully defending her title in the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. But she was also beaten by Echo Zulu over the summer in their only head-to-head meeting in the Ballerina. Sadly, we were denied that rematch in the Philly and Mare Sprint when Echo Zulu was injured. So I'll ask you, is Goodnight Olive a lock or not for the Eclipse Award? Timmy?
1: Well, since I voted for Goodnight Olive, I'm going to say, yes, yeah, she is a lock. Um, it was very unfortunate that Echo Zulu got hurt. We didn't get to see what would have been, I think, an awesome uh, rematch between those two ladies. And, you know, the fact that Echo Zulu got hurt and didn't get to compete in, in on the biggest day of, of racing, and I know it's... A, it's a year. It's a year award, but you know, Goodnight Olive. You know, she defended her title. She she won the the Philly and Mare Sprint for the second straight year. So I think that um, because Echo Zula was not able to compete, yeah, that 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 cost her. Unfortunately, she did get hurt. But because she didn't run in that race, I think you have to give it to Goodnight Olive. And she's and Goodnight Olive is more than deserving.
0: Yeah, we disagree here too, Timmy. I went with Echo Zulu just because she won the head-to-head meeting. That's the only comparable race that we have to compare the two, and Echo Zulu bested her that day. So, to me, it was Echo Zulu. She completed a perfect three-for-three campaign this year, and I'll side with Echo Zulu.
2: I agree with you, Mike. I'm Echo Zulu all the way. She was on my team, if you remember. It's just a shame. I know staying healthy. You're winning team, of- Dale. The team that won. Oh, I wasn't going to bring that up, but since you did,
1: uh- <laughs> man. Yeah, the uh Echo Zulu
2: I thought was just a dominant filly. I think that she's going to end up winning it. And I know staying healthy is a big part of it, but she made it all the way till the end of the year until the last race and I think she would have been a you know, she would have been a favorite if she was healthy and ran. I think that she went the eclipse.
0: All right, one more category to talk about. Prior to the Breeders' Cup Turf, if you guys remember, we were talking about up to the mark being the likely male turf champion and a legitimate Horse of the Year candidate. Dale, you even said he was probably going to be Horse of the Year if he were able to win the Breeders' Cup turf, which he did not. He did, however, finish a game second from a very difficult post, denying him a fourth consecutive grade one victory on the grass in 2023. But with Breeders' Cup turf winner August Rodin and Breeders' Cup mile winner Master of the Seas also in that champion male turf category, is up to the mark a lock or not for the Eclipse Award? Dale?
2: I don't think he's a lock, but I think he wins. I, I hope he wins anyway. I like the horse a lot, as you know. I've talked about him a lot by not this time, and what a heck of a year he had. And I do think if he if he had won the Breeders' Cup turf, we'd have been talking about him as a as potential horse of the year. So he, he grounded out over here all the way, all year. And had a great year, great season. I think he should be not this time's first champion.
1: This is another slippery slope here too. I mean, up to the mark was phenomenal all year, and the fact that uh, he did not win the big one, um, and you know, the the race that he ran in that race was phenomenal. He was phenomenal in feet. He just didn't get to the hole first, and you know, August wrote it wrote in well i voted for um you, you know that i'm sure we're going to be talking about that in a little bit too but uh I, you win the championship you got to get you, you you get to be the champion in my opinion
2: timmy i think we need to sit down next year before you vote and uh <laughs> let me help you a little bit go over this some it's about a whole year's body of work it's not about one weekend of racing Well, then,
1: you know, he had a great year overseas, too. And then we're going to get into the comment of the argument of, well, should the European races matter? Yeah, well,
0: hold that thought there for a minute, Timmy, because we are going to talk about that in our very next segment. It is called Right or Wrong. It is the time of the show where we say hello to our good friend, Nick Zito. And you guys get to tell me if the following statements are right or wrong.
2: Yeah, right or wrong. Am I right? What do you think? Right or wrong?
0: All right, here we go. Dale, you get to be the judge on this one because Tim and I agreed on most Eclipse Award categories, despite what you just heard in the previous segment. However, we couldn't have been further apart on our votes in the male and female turf horse categories. Tim sided with Europeans August Rodin, as he just said, and in spiral, respectively, in those two divisions. Well, I went with the American runners up to the mark and in Italian. Dale, is it right or wrong to include European-based runners among the candidates in these categories. And which
2: of us got it right, me or Timmy? What do you think, Mike? right or wrong? I always step on Nick. I hate doing that. Uh, Mike, I think you're right. I think if they come over here and if they're a Rossi and there's not a dominant horse in that category in the U.S., is that a great United States campaign, then they can win an Eclipse Award. But... If they come over in one race and beat a horse, like up to the market, had a great campaign all year where he went four grade once, their race is what they did back home. shouldn't count. It is their one race and their one performance big enough to overcome all he did, his whole body of work all year. I do not think that the form from Europe should be translated to the U.S. when we're determining our champions.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think it's different if a horse from Europe comes over for maybe three races here in the States and they win all three or they win two out of the three, uh, including the Breeders' Cup race, and and cap it off that way. I can then start to say, okay, at least they competed here in North America. But then, Timmy, then you get into the argument, and this is the way I view it. um, Are we voting for the North American or U.S. Eclipse Award horse, or is this a basically
1: a worldwide award? Well, that's the that's the question. Um, if if these European horses aren't supposed to be on the ballot, I mean aren't supposed to win, then don't put them on the ballot. If they have to if they have to run so many times in the U.S. before they can get on the ballot, then so be it. But the way the rules are, that's not the case. So. You know, are you going to penalize an animal that comes over here from Europe and wins the biggest race? I know that it's an, Eclipse is a, a full year-round a, a, a vote, but, you know, those horses also had great years overseas. And let's not forget, the Eclipse Awards is named for the horse named Eclipse who campaigned in Europe. So <laughs> I'm I'm not ready to... to uh, poo poo the the Europeans if they're coming over here to run in, in, in the biggest races. What if, what if
2: you were- I, I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem with giving them an eclipse war it.
1: <clears throat> if it's a watered down
2: year a watered down category and they happen to come over and have a great performance. But the turf one is not. We had a great turf performer from the US that, that that performed well all year, just happened to lose the last race. And I don't think that one race should should trump all the great races he did, had all year long.
1: That'd be like what? winning the regular season, but not winning the World Series.
2: Mm-hmm. I think we should start calling the Secretariat Awards anyway. <laughs> Very good. I'd go, I'd like I'd go that.
0: for that. Yeah, I would yeah. I would vote for that, too. I agree with that, Dale. That would be okay. What if we were to put a uh, a minimum number of U.S. starts on the, uh, as, as a restriction for those horses making it to the Eclipse Award ballot?
2: I'm okay with I don't, that. I don't think you should do that, though. I think because I think there have been some deserving European winners. Arazi's uh, the one that always comes to mind. I mean, that performance was so great that year, and uh, he deserved to, to win, even though or, even though he did only run one time, especially in the two-year-old division, where not many of them have run a lot of races
1: anyway. But the, but if you know if you say that, you're going to penalize the horse that comes over and and wins the big race. And, but Let's say it wasn't a Arazi like, but he still he or she still won. Mm. Not if you have a horse that's
2: been very dominant in that category all year here.
1: hey, Believe me, I'm a big fan of up to the mark, but I just didn't vote for him because he didn't win the big one. All
0: right, well, let's shift gears for this next topic and talk about what the NTRA announced this week. They announced the nominees for the 2023 moment of the year and among those 13 choices are Mage's win in the Kentucky Derby Erad Ortiz Jr. winning seven consecutive races at Gulfstream in February and Cody's Wish repeating in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile but guys if you ask me the overwhelming favorite for the moment of the year has to be trainer Jenna Antonucci becoming the first female trainer to win a Triple Crown race with Arcangelo in the Belmont Stakes am
1: I right or wrong? What do you
2: think? Right or wrong?
1: Timmy? I'm going to say you're wrong, only because I think the Cody's Wish story was, without question, the story of the year because of the backstory. And I know that uh, some people might say, well, the backstory isn't supposed to be the story, but in this case, I think it is. And believe me, Jenna Antonucci's accomplishment with with Arcangelo was was awesome. I mean, the way that she handled that horse through the whole uh, from the Belmont through the summer. And then, unfortunately, not getting to run in the Breeders' Cup, she did a great, great job. And, you know, she became an ambassador for the sport. Uh, you know, if I could make it 1-1-A, and 1A, I would do that. But to me, I think Cody's Wish and the story with Cody Dorman and the young boy passing away the day after Cody's Wish ends his career, that's the one that, that gets me and because I think that's a story that resonates also with the non-horse fan. Um and, it, and it, I think might have brought in more horse more fans to the game for me I think it's Cody's wish Mike I gotta go against you this time I think Cody's wish was a story
2: made for a movie and it wouldn't surprise me if you didn't see one someday uh, Jenny did a great job with her horse I, I don't I don't see where I, I don't know I don't want I don't want to phrase this right I don't see where it's that big a deal females in this game Can do anything a man can do, and they're just as good at it as we are. Maybe it's a big deal that she finally got someone, one of them finally got the opportunity. There aren't enough of them in the game, in my opinion. I have no problem with female jockeys, I have no problem with female trainers. I think this is the one sport in the world that we can all compete equally on the same stage.
0: Yeah, Dale, I think we can all agree that you know, trainers are trainers, regardless of gender, right? You're all horse trainers, but no female trainer had done what Jenna Antonucci pulled off in the Belmont Stakes this year there had been others that had tried not a huge number but there had been others that had tried Jenna Antonucci the first one to pull it off to me that that holds significance and just the fact that she is a female you know it it is what it is but uh, I think that that is you know certainly worthy of being the moment of the year
2: and I have to disagree with you on this one <laughs> All right. too.
0: Well, I'm sure Nick Zito might too, but Nick Zito is uh, going to be back with us again next week with those sound bites for right or wrong. We'll do it all over again, but guys, one more topic to get to before you give us your final point of the week, and it was last week that we shared our New Year's resolutions for the industry, so this week, I thought we would wrap up the program, and I would ask you what things you are most looking forward to this year in thoroughbred racing. So, Dale... When you look ahead to twenty twenty four, what things have you excited about the sport going forward?
2: Well, Triple Crown's what always has me excited. Can't wait to get back, see the Derby preps coming up, and uh, lead right into my home city of Louisville for the, for the Derby. Hopefully, I have a horse that can compete this year. And it's uh, there's no, nothing like it in sports, in my opinion, than what used to be Derby weeks now Derby two weeks. And uh, I just can't I can't wait every year to get there.
1: It's that's my favorite holiday. Christmas in May for Dale Romans, right? Exactly. Roses in May. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that I'm really looking forward to the third leg of the Triple Crown, the Belmont Stakes, which is going to be in, in my backyard at Saratoga this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. And it would be phenomenal if there was a horse going for the Triple Crown maybe from the Barn of Dale Romans, even make it better. But I think that uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to my excursions to uh, Pimlico to work on the Preakness Notes team, Pennsylvania Derby, the, the team with Joe Wilson and Rich Romano for the Pennsylvania Derby at parks and uh, spending a couple weeks in September with Jenny Reese, at uh, Kentucky downs, my favorite cool. trip of the year. I'm also looking forward to seeing how T-
2: Timmy has my bedroom decorated for what they're getting for hotel rooms at Saratoga spell my week.
1: <laughs> 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 I'll gouge you something fierce. Now you yeah. know I wouldn't do that. All right. yeah, I'm looking forward to,
0: play,
1: looking forward to the, the
0: rubber match between Dale and Tim in the Showdown 3 coming up later this season. I
2: can't wait for that. We'll be very <laughs> anticlimactic again.
1: No, it's gonna be redemption, my redemption tour. Everyone talks about Dale Romans and how how he he had his revenge tour, but my goodness gracious, I won the first one. No to forget talks, about it. I don't know if everybody talks about it, but I do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right guys, we gotta wrap it up. So let's get to that one final point of the week. This is how we always end the show with each of you giving us your parting shot, if you will. Timmy, why don't you go first
1: this week? What is
0: your final point of the week?
1: Well I'm wishing Good thoughts to Michael Blowen who's stepping down as the uh, head of old friends after a 20year run. He's still going to be part of the day-to-day operation. But he's not going to be the he's not going to be the executive director anymore. that's gonna be done by John Nicholson who used to be at the Kentucky horse Park. Michael did a great great job and thank you for everything he did for the aftercare of the thoroughbreds. Um, I just wish him the best.
2: Yeah, I want to. I, I want to congratulate. We talked about it earlier a little bit. Alex and Concepcion and, and Bryson and Cox for the meet they had coming into Kentucky uh, and how well they did December meet at Turfway Park. Congratulations, guys! All right, there
0: you have it. I ask, they answer. Presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program in the College of Business. Dale, Tim, enjoy the weekend. We'll do it all over again next Saturday.
2: I'll see you next
0: time. Sounds good. All right. If you have a topic you want to hear Dale and Tim discuss, email that topic to me, Mike at horseracingradio.net, and we'll get it worked into the show. They love to hear from our listeners. I'm back with more. This is the Equine Forum on the Horse Racing Radio Network, where racing comes to talk.